Hey everybody, this is Jeremiah Craig, and I am doing some video editing today of an old conversation that I had with Jalapez, who is the owner of Audio Confusion, where I recorded The Commandeer back in 2012 and 2013. I've been going through this video, and I realized there's some really cool stuff in it. And since today is Throwback Thursday, I just want to share the entire audio of our conversation so that you can hear sort of where this guy comes from when he thinks about recording music. And I just love his perspective. So take a listen. This is Jalapez from Audio Confusion, and I recorded this conversation in 2014. I hope you enjoy. The Commandeer anniversary is coming up. Uh, it was released at the end of this month last year. So I wanted to go around and talk to everybody who was a good, who was a part of that project. And uh, the first one to to respond to me was Jalapez from Audio Confusion, and I recorded the commandeer here after a long search, a very long search, and it was quite a process to end up here, but I'm really glad that I did because your space is so unique that you have here, you know? Um, you have the room that's actually right here that is a good room that has the natural reverb, which is exactly what I was looking for. Um, and I know we've talked about this before, but how did you, how did you come to that sort of style that you want to gather uh, the natural reverb of a room. Let's go back a little bit further. Um, I don't know where I heard about this or, or if I just thought of it or whatever, but I used to um, stick microphones in uh, containers and I would put those in the room and that would be kind of my echo chamber. It would, you know, like, you, like they talk like this or something <laughs> like that. And so I would stick it stick it in a container and have it in the room and I would kind of mix that in and stuff and, and it sounded interesting uh, it, sometimes it just didn't work you know whatever and then I started like sticking the microphone in my air air conditioning ductwork uh, in old houses instead of like um, uh, instead of like insulation ductwork it was metal boxes mm -hmm. and so I would stick, the, uh, stick it in the air conditioning ductwork and that got a little better it was like bigger, you know, and I mean, you know, I could stick it out in the hallway or something like that. But um, uh, so anyways, fast forward to uh, 2003, I had this studio and um, had a triangle room. Very, very, I mean, it, it went to a, to a point at the end. It wasn't just like triangular. It was a triangle. <laughs> and... Um, so what I did is I stuck my ribbon mic um, back there and um, in, in the almost to the point and um, and the door that was between that room and the live room was pretty crappy and so I got a lot of bleed and so I would just stick that in there crank it up and let the band play and then I just started mixing that in and and it was it was. Uh, it, it, everything just went, oh, <laughs> you know, it was an awe <laughs> moment. And, and so I just, yeah, I mean, um, after that, I went back to, because I went to, to that from another studio, and then I went back to that other studio. And uh, I didn't have that. And um, I really missed it. And I was trying to duplicate it um, with artificial 
reverb. Um, I mean, I would do everything I could. Um, I downloaded Impulse Reverbs, which basically Impulse Reverbs is um, uh, capturing the um, the reverb time and um, and kind of the I don't know, I guess just capturing the reverb time and and the the tone of the room. Like if you went to a garage and you shot a, start, shot a starter pistol. Uh, and you had a microphone and ran into this program, that, the sound after the starter pistol would be the impulse that it catches. And it, it, all these al algorithms and stuff, you know, I, I'm not techy, so I don't know the exact, you know, but I get the gist. Um, and um, it, just, it just wasn't the same. It, it, having that real-time of the eff real-time effect of of uh, just being in a room, you know, I, and I mean, engineers use room mics, which I have room mics too, which is mics farther away from the source in the same room, um, and um, I just kind of took it a little further, and you know, so this room I left pretty un untreated, and um, and uh, keeps the do keep the doors open and shove a mic in there facing the corner and it's nice right because that's what that's what we did with, yeah. with the commandeers that i was actually sitting in the more soundproof room uh -huh. with the door open and the mic was in this room right right. yeah and that's you built this this place from the ground yeah, up, right yeah so, that's, so i had that in mind right absolutely yeah that's that's mm -hmm. really cool it, it it's it's very similar to the hall effect that's the whole idea is down the hall so you have um, and that one studio that I had that triangle room, I actually had a hall too, and so I would do that. But the problem was with my hall is it was treated, and there was stuff that was in the way, sucking up frequent or sucking up uh, sound waves and stuff like that. So it didn't work as well. Um, but um, uh, if you look on like reverb units, you'll see like a hall effect. And so what that is is essentially the same thing. Picture a long hallway in, a, in some kind of office building um, with no carpet, an old long hallway. And you have an amplifier at one end of the hallway, and you have the mic at the other end. That is essentially what's going on. Um, and that's what they did with uh, echo chambers, like the real true uh, uh, echo chambers or reverb chambers, is the amplifier would be a signal sent from the mixer okay so that's your send so it would send the vocal to the amplifier then the microphone would at the other end of the hallway would be the return that would come back on the return signal of the, of the uh, mixer and then they would blend the two so that's essentially what I'm doing it doing but I'm uh, I, I can cut out the um, the um, it's not, I don't, I'm not doing it after the fact, I'm doing it in real time. Um, and so what they would do is, the closer the microphone was to the amplifier, the tighter the sound. And then they would move it back, and that's what made it longer. And then they started getting fancier, and they were like, oh, well, um, let's make it long, but let's treat the room so uh, it's a different kind of sound. You know, a tighter but uh, distant sound. 
you know, or take everything away and make the decay just last long like a gymnasium or mm -hmm. something, you know. And so that's essentially what I'm doing, um, but a lot simpler. Right. So it's, a, it's an echo chamber for the most part. That's, yeah, that's really cool. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to record with you in Audio Confusion was because of this room. And as far as I know, and from what I was researching, this is the only one like this in, in the valley, and the way that your ideas are... I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I mean, from what I... I searched all over the place. <laughs> You're the only one that I could find, so... Um, but I thought it was really cool, because we have the same ideas about, you know, trying to capture natural reverb. Right. And what, it is, what is it that you like about the natural reverb, as opposed to adding digital? Well... <laughs> That's a that's a hard question because, I mean, that's like describing a color to a fine print. Like, it, well, just your personal opinion. Yeah, so it's like well, it just doesn't sound right. I mean, my, you know, you, know, I I always I, I I seldom get asked or, or I often get asked um, um, how I get certain sounds. And I used to do this with engineers. I'd be like, oh, man, how'd you get that sound? And they'd give me some bullshit answer, like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, it just, it just happened. Like, that's not even the sound we were going for, you know? It's like, you know, and, and I mean, that, that happens with musicians, too. It's like, uh, you know, like Jerry Garcia is like, he, he's missing that finger. He plays a certain way because he's missing that finger. And so, like, for musicians to come in and be like, oh, man, I want to sound like Jerry Garcia. It's like, well, cut off your finger. You know, and then take a bunch of acid and, you know, like, you have to be in that, you have to be him to have that, um, that frame of mind, you know, that, 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 um, you have to be that person. So when people ask me, like, how I get a sound that I get, I, I have a bullshit answer and it's like, I, I don't know. I, it's the, it, that's the only sound I can get. Like, you don't understand, like, I've tried to go a different direction um, just to, you know, be able to match up with a competition or something, you know, like anybody would. Um, but that's not me, uh, you know, and, and I hate going against the grain of my personal self, but I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. I, I hear things, a, I have to hear things a certain way. Um, Somebody sent me something last night uh, to kind of give them notes or something, and and I mean, uh, there's just certain things that I hear that other people won't hear because of the way I've been programmed as a person. You know, the way I hear music is differently than the way you hear music. It's like, do we all see, um, you know, red the same color? You know, is is red look to me like it does to you? You know, like. You can't really answer that. So, going back to what I like about reverb, is it just sounds right. Mm -hmm. uh, about natural reverb, it just sounds right. Now, I do use artificial reverb sometimes um, because to get a good uh, natural reverb sound, you really have to excite the room. And sometimes things are too quiet. Um, and and it, it'll sound... It just doesn't sound right. Um... And um, so I do have to use a little bit of uh, artificial reverb, but I usually use it in a way where you know that it's there. I don't use it as like 
um, a sweetener or like trying to cover up something. It's like, you'll know it's there. It's swimming, you know. Unless I was in a, what took everybody to a gymnasium or something, there's no way I could get that, you know, so. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it just sounds right to me. I, I, I can't, it, or I should say, or maybe I should say artificial reverb doesn't sound right to me more than 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. um, I just haven't found one that I like. You know, there might be one out there that I like. I haven't tried every single one, but as of now, I, I haven't found one. Um, it, there's just something about recording a whole band and listening to it without that lounge mic in there, and then slowly bringing up that lounge mic, everything just comes to life. And, yeah. and, and I, you can't beat that. Right, yeah, I, I completely agree. And, um, what I was looking for with a commandeer, especially, was to use a room like it was another instrument. You know, yes. To add it, to add in what it has to just like what the guitar tones are. Like one guitar tone is different from an, uh, another. Like a Martin and a Gibson are going to sound completely different. Um, just like different rooms are going to sound completely exactly. different. Exactly. So I mean, that's what I was going for was using the room as it, an instrument. Right. Um, and, and using its reverb as the instrument too. Yeah, and, and sometimes that that room doesn't sound good with bands. Like, you know, it, it's it, it's it's an empty room. That's all it is. It's not designed any certain way. It's an empty room. I really locked out. <laughs> you know, like I really locked out. Like I put the mic over there one time. Didn't sound right. I put it. You know, I moved it all over the place. I found this spot. Just set it there, and it works. Uh, so, um, but yeah, sometimes it just sometimes it doesn't sound good. So, um, but yeah, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's it's a uh, it's a great room, for sure. And uh, going back to what you were saying about how we may see colors differently and how you hear something differently um, from from the way that I hear something differently. You don't play any instruments, right? So you're coming at a completely different angle than the musicians that come in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know. I uh, when I like five years into the into um, doing this full time, I was wondering, like, is a you know, is that do I have an advantage? Do I have you know a disadvantage? I just think it's different. Um, um, but not only not being a, a, a musician, but um, I'm—I don't even really l look at it as music. It's more sounds to me. Mm -hmm. Like that's why I think I mix this the way I do because it's sounds. And, and what I'm trying to do is—I mean, uh, a, a balanced engineer. I'm trying to balance out the sound so nothing sticks out too much or too little. Uh, you know, like, I, I'm just trying to make it nice and even. And uh, so, I, so, so I personally, when I listen to a mix, if something jars my ears, that's the thing that I um, address. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and I think that, like, I think that, that's that's the difference. Um, uh, not not being a, not being a musician, but 
but that's the difference in the way that I do things is because I look at it as more as sound. Like, like I love um, noise, love noises. You know, driving down the road, driving on a, a brick road. Yeah. You know, like, um, I, I think about those. You know, I used to have this old car where um, the radio wasn't grounded. And um, so, um, and it was a stick shift. And so when you shifted the gears, this high whine tone would, would, would go up and, you know, pitch. And then, you know, uh, it would go down in pitch and up in... So I'd be driving according to the pitches. <laughs> because, I, I mean, I, I like, I like uh, noise, you know, uh, the, the genre of music or whatever. Like, I like noise like that. Like, it's the, it's the, um, the soundscapes, you know. And, and I really do look at every... Thing that I record as a soundscape, be it um, you know country or or um, metal or or um, pop or whatever, it's it's all the same. It really is. Um, and um, I don't know. Some people might get upset with me by saying that, but it, it's uh, it, it's all the same to me because of the generalization of what I'm looking at, which is sound. Mm -hmm. You know, so I I, I think that's why. You know, if I do have a sound, that's why. It's because of the way I look at music. Yeah. And I think it was interesting, especially recording the Commandeer, and I'm sure you do it with the other bands you record, is that you you come in and you say, well, what if you tried this instead? And because you're not coming from uh, the musician's perspective, you're coming from a listener's perspective, it, it, it clicks. And it's like, well, I didn't think about that. That's a really good idea. And then that those sort of things are incorporated into the music, too. So yeah, I, I think I think that it, it it's uh, it's coming from an interesting perspective. Yeah, um, I mean, I I don't re I don't produce a lot of bands, but when I do produce bands, that's kind of um, I you know like I'll tell people like I just kind of throw a wrench in it. Mm -hmm. Like I I'm not trying to rewrite the song. I'm just kind of like you know well you know how about if we don't end with the chorus or how about we don't have a bridge in this song or you know what I mean or how about we just stop dead in the tracks or how about we extend this or you know like I'm just trying to mix things up a bit because I think that like um, a lot of musicians gonna get stuck in a rut um, I, I mean geez I recorded so many bands they all start the same way they all end the same way um, you know, it's like that Nickelback thing where two oh, Nickelback songs next to each other. And it's like the, the same exact thing. same thing. Yeah. Same. Oh, it's crazy. And it's because they're 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 following a um, a regimen. You know, it's like uh, verse, chorus, verse, bridge. You know, chorus or whatever. You know, and then how many measures in that? And and then they're just. They're just kind of uh, um, built to have this certain tempo, and so if you have the the same tempo or close to it, and then you have the same amount of measures and the same, you're gonna have the same length and song and same parts and you know and, and so many bands follow that same you know their standards and there's nothing wrong with that, but um, there's you know if you're going for a certain uh, audience you, you kind of gotta you know and, and a lot of the bands I record are going for a certain kind of sound 
um, you got to kind of break that monotony. Right. You know, right. um, and and still not always. So right. Well, and they're in the song the whole time. You know, exactly. They're to so have an close to perspective. it. They're cl too close to it. Right. They can't see that. And so, like, it frustrates me when um, the you know um, some bands don't want a producer. Um, not 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 even just me, like as a producer, um, uh, but just hiring somebody. I mean, a producer, in my opinion, is just somebody with a uh, almost like a like a fifth band member for a small period of time, um, uh, with kind of more of a band leader. You know, they have a larger opinion. Mm -hmm. Their opinion matters more than most um, most of the other band members, um, and. So it just frustrates me when these bands don't want to um, put out the money to, you know, hire a producer or just somebody with a, you know, different opinion. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but yet all the bands they listen to have producers. Right. I mean, even the most independent, noisy, you know, like edgy bands have a producer. Right. Most people, most bands have a producer. Of some some sort, you know, maybe not like a Rick Rubin or whatever, but of some sort, they have a producer. They have that person in the background telling them like, "Hey, why don't you try this?" You know, or "Don't do that." You know, like, "What are you thinking there?" You right. know, like, right. "Slow it down." You yeah. know, like, so uh, yeah, it frustrates me. But um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's um, um, it, it's a, it, you. you you just get a, a, a I, I just see stuff differently. Um, I don't know. I get I get bored easily, so I think I, that I do um, kind of do things a little, break up. That's just naturally the way I go. Mm -hmm. It's just breaking things up. So. Yep, and and it was definitely helpful for me when I, when I was recording the Commandeer that you were here throwing in your suggestions because I couldn't afford a producer. Yeah, but you know I hired. The other musicians that came in, and I sort of used everybody as, and that's what I like to do is sort of bring people in and use everybody's um, opinion, and it definitely helped f from everybody's coming uh, from a different perspective uh, to make Commandeer even more than I ever expected it to be. Yeah, I mean, you you hire those musicians because of their musicianship, and so um, you got to let them kind of be their, you know, that animal of. Mm -hmm. You know, like, that's that's what they're drawn to, you know, like, let them do their thing, you know. That might not have been what you were thinking. It might be completely different than what you were thinking. But if you let them do their thing, it's going to be way better. And and that's, um, I think that's what any good producer does is, um, I mean, because you were the producer uh, for Common Beer. I mean, absolutely. You you, you brought the band, you, you hired the musicians, you you picked the uh, the engineer. That's that's what a producer does normally. Yeah, but I was in it so much Yeah, I yeah. needed to sort of But making that guys. decision, making that decision of, of, you know, allowing them to do their thing, that is a lot of times what a producer just does. Is um, uh, they just like they kind of inspire you to, um, you know, get excited about something that might have been old, you know? Right. Like, um, I, what I'll do is I'll make suggestions, and I'll say, you know, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then I'll say, these are just my suggestions. 
but think about it and then run with it. It's like, and then, and then like, I, I, uh, this might sound demeaning, but I kind of look at it as like training wheels, like the bands on training wheels for a little while. And then when they, um, uh, and then I, I feel like once they get that hump that, over that hump or the training wheels, um, you know, part of it, that then they can really understand that, uh, how things, how they maybe should write or, or, um, um, I don't know. I just kind of feel like if they, if they accomplish something that they're trying to do at one time, then everything relaxes and, and they, like the, the monkey's off their back and they're, there's, they're just less tense and they, they, they can look back at like a, uh, their CD and go, man, yeah, we could do this. We did this. You know, like we can do this again. And, and, and it wasn't that hard. Like that's the thing is like the best written songs are, the, are, are I, I find that the best written songs are the songs that people wrote 15 minutes before they come to the studio. You know, like, uh, I've had many times I've had bands come in like, oh, we wrote this last night. It's not priority. Let's just try it. And then they'll start playing like, oh man, this is awesome. <laughs> this is your best song. Nine times out of ten, that it's always their best song. Like, and so um, I was running on a tangent. Um, uh, <laughs> what was I talking about when I was talking about the um, the the, um, We're talking about producers and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, being on the training wheels. So yeah, I mean, they'll find out that it was easy um, and that they can do it, and then they're just relaxed and they're off on their training wheels, mm -hmm. and and you let them go and you let them run free and do what they want, and and I really see that. I see that because I get a lot of young bands and they they're kind of in this uh, band identity crisis. Um, and I talk about that a lot um, with uh, colleagues or, you know, whatever, is these band identity crisis. They don't know what they should sound like. You know, they don't know, um, uh, you know, it's like, oh, what kind of music? I don't know. Like, or they're so cross-genre, right. you know, because they want to be, um, you know, they want every band member to have their opinion or, you know, their opinion and be a democracy or whatever. But... Uh, cross genres are really hard to do, and you lose focus. Right. You show one song to an audience, and they're like, "Yeah!" And you get all the Queens of Stone Age fans. But then you show them another song, and they're like, "Yeah!" And you get all the, um, you know, uh, Apples and Stereo or something like that. It's like they're just they just go back and forth, and 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 the audience is confused. <laughs> you know, it's like like uh. And, and so, um, uh, that's the identity crisis. And, um, and once, and so I, I look at a producer as kind of more of a one, one shot thing. It's like, let him guide, let him or her guide you the, the way to maybe what you're kind of more going towards. And then once you get there and you understand what you did and how to make it sound that way and you know, all that. Then you let go, mm -hmm. you know. Th then, then the then the producer lets go. The band, you know, can can do its thing, you know, on their own, and, and it's just, and and it's awesome. It really is. It's it's 
you know, not to sound cliche, but it's like a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the caterpillar to the butterfly yeah, metaphor. That's, that's, yeah, I mean, if, if it works, it, it works. It, it, yeah, <laughs> it, it, I never thought of that until right now, but it totally... In my mind, that's kind of how I picture it. Like, they're just like, ooh. <laughs> or, or the whole, like, you know, I have kids, so, like, teaching them how to ride their bike, and then once they're off the train, it's just like, go, go to the store. You know, like... <laughs> Pick like, me up some milk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know. But, uh, yeah. Um, no, man, it's a lot, it's lots of fun. I, um, I, I'm so... Um, I'm so happy that people allow me to be part of their art, you know, like, because, I mean, if I just go back and just think about, you know, before I got into, you know, recording, before I was known for recording, it's like, I was just a guy who listened to, you know, music and, and just, um, I knew that I listened to music differently, but... I didn't think anything of it, you know, and then and then I just started dabbling, kind of forcing myself out there and stuff. But just just to know who I was before that, for people to let me uh, be a part of their art, for people to ask me to be a part of their art is just amazing, and, and I'm thankful for it every day. It, it, and I get frustrated every day, but I'm frustrated because I care so much, right? You know, and and. Um, and it's it's a love hate relationship, but I mostly love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know? I I think you come at it from a really unique perspective um, from other uh, engineers around, and uh, it was it was really good talking to you again about the commandeer. Yeah. And, talking about yeah. the style and stuff. So thanks for taking the time. Yeah, man, to absolutely. Talk to this is Jalapez from uh, Audio Confusion. You can catch him online at audioconfusion.com and. He's also you also got a new sampler out, right? Yeah, yeah. That has the like band, twenty yeah. different bands on it. So definitely check that out. Too. Wow. Yeah. Audioconfusion.bandcamp.com. Yeah, so you can get a real good sense of his style that way. So thanks again, Joe. Yeah, man, no problem. Let's go get some food. Yeah. <laughs> it's time for coffee and music. Take your coffee or tea how you choose it. It's time for coffee and music. changed up just a little bit changed the words around and I can do that because it's in the public domain <laughs> come gather around you citizens and listen to my song please do not grow weary I'll not detain you long concerning some wild cowboys who did agree to go Spend the summer pleasant on the trail of the buffalo Now I found myself in Boise in the springtime of 16 When two well-known famous drovers come walking up to me Saying, how you doing young fellow and how would you like to go Spend the summer pleasant on the trail of the buffalo Well, me being out of work right then to the drover, I did say, 
If I may be bold, I have been told all the buffalo have gone away. But if you pay good wages, transportation to and fro, I guess I could go with you on the trail of the buffalo. Of course we pay good wages and transportation too. If you'll agree to stay with us until the season's through. But if you do get weary and you try to run away, there'll be no one else to save you and you'll also lose your pay. With all their flattering talking, they signed up quite a team. And the papers treated them like the only two drovers on the scene. And our trip, it was a pleasant one as we hit the Westwood Road to find success at behest of these two here that drove. But then our pleasures ended and our troubles soon began as these two drovers argued over food and hunting land. And the team split up into two even halves and started fighting over everything that came up on our path. And as we all had feared, the time at Buffalo had end, even though one said that it could be great again. So one team went for cougars and the other for mule deer. We all thought of the future, but it was no longer clear. And when the working season ended, those drovers had made up. And explained under smiles The team's fighting cost too much So with all the season's pay The two turned to go But the team arose to leave their bones With those of the buffalo Hey Yes, a little cowboy ballad there for you It's called The Trail of the Buffalo Also known as Buffalo Skinners in other circles. It's an old one. It's an oldie, but a goodie. So I got another old song here for you that I want to play. This one's called Rank Strangers. Just after I tune this a little bit. Whoo! Here we go. The song's called Rank Strangers. could find them. Thank you. I found they were bobo rang strangers to me. Russia. Hey, how's it going? Everybody I met seemed to be a rang stranger. No mother or My name 
and that knew not their faces I found they were boring strangers to me They all moved away Said the voice of a stranger To a beautiful home On the bright crystal sea One beautiful day I will meet them again Where no one will Strange it's to me Everybody I met Seemed to be a ring stranger No mother or dead Not a friend could I see They knew not my name I knew not their faces I found they were cold Ring strangers to me Ring strangers to me Thank you so much I appreciate all the love And the folks on the stream from Russia Thank you so much, Fear 38. I'm glad you liked it. That means a lot. All right, everybody. I got to go get around for the day. That's what these coffee and music streams are all about. It's just about playing a couple songs to get ready for the day. Oh, I couldn't imagine starting my way, starting my day out in any other way. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You guys have a great day. Peace.